Let's go. Welcome into the podcast, Cato Sports. Super happy to have you. It's Tuesday, January 31st. Just a I mean, just a jam-packed weekend of action. Started off with the LeBron no-call in the NBA. He was apoplectic afterwards, just out of his mind after not getting that call. Patrick Beverly's taking cameras out and showing the referees just absolute pandemonium in, in, in that game. Novak Djokovic wins his 10th Australian Open, so congrats to him. He's tied Nadal for the, for the most Grand Slams all time. Just a superior talent to, to, to anyone in, the, in tennis at the moment. And I think it's, he's just going to continue to do what he's doing because with, with Rafa and, and Roger both coming out of their prime, he is just, he's just still too good for everyone else. So congrats to Novak. And we've got our two Super Bowl contenders for 2023, Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. So I, I want to kick off today by just, by just saying organizations in sports that let every position do their job are going to be the ones that succeed. At Kansas City and at Philadelphia, the owner, the general manager, the coach, and the players are allowed to do their job. And they are, there is trust there, and they are aggressive at general manager. They are absolutely clued in and locked in at their coaching position. There is the trust from the ownership group that those guys are going to make the right decisions to allow the players that they pick, the talent on their roster, to go out and make big plays on the field on Sundays. And it it shows they are the two best organizations. Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles are the most and have been the most aggressive team at the at the general manager position for a while now they decided to and and these are decisions that are not easy to make these are decisions that are not easy for people to understand a lot of the time but they made them anyway because they knew that that was the best thing for their football team they got rid of Doug Peterson a super bowl winning co- coach got rid of him fired they got rid of Carson Wentz who was on a tear in his first season, he was a top three quarterback in the league, got rid of Carson Wentz. They're really tough decisions to make, but they decided that was the best thing for their football team and what was going to set them up to go forward. They come into this season, they somehow get CJ Gardner-Johnson for a seventh round pick. I don't know how the Saints let him go for that. I don't know. They somehow go and get James Bradbury for a peanut and a hat from the New York, New York Giants. Don't know how that happened. They somehow go and get AJ Brown from Tennessee Titans. One of the weirdest, worst trades I've seen in in a long time. Add him to the roster. They trade up in the draft, jumping the Giants to go and get Devontae Smith. A, another massive inclusion, a thousand yard receiver, dominated for them all year. They were able to go and stack the defensive line with veterans, all at the end of the year as they were closing in on the playoffs and they knew that they needed to make sure that their run game was secure. 
Their GM was allowed to do what he what, what was going to be best for their team and go out and be aggressive. At Kansas City, Dorsey, the previous GM, was allowed to draft Patrick Mahomes when they had a perfectly good quarterback on their roster in Alex Smith. There's, there are not many teams that have ever done that. We're, you know what? We're going to waste a... Fr- not waste. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is not a waste. We're going to go out and use a first-round draft pick on a guy who is just a talent. He went to Texas Tech. They had a losing record. We're going to go draft him because we think that's the best thing for our for our franchise, even though we've got a winning record quarterback on our roster. It, it, it just... That is the aggressiveness that they've had. Brett Veach, the new GM, was allowed to trade Tyree Kill, the fastest receiver in the game. The guy that broke the lines. They traded him. They said, you know what? We want rookies. We want young guys in our team. We want a little bit of cap health. We can we we trust that Andy Reid is going to get these guys ready to play on Sundays and perform in our system. And when you look at the game that happened yesterday, who came up big? Isaiah Pacheco. Sky Moore, Brian Cook, George Karlaftis, Trent McDuffie, rookies. They had rookies with big plays all game because Brett Veach, the ownership, trust Brett Veach, who trusts Andy Reid to get the guys right and get the right talent in there to make the right plays. And these two teams built two systems around their quarterback, the coach and the quarterback have such strong relationships and understanding what they're good at and what they're not good at. They're very different styles of play. The Patrick Mahomes style is, we're going to draw you up everything and anything because we know you can do it. And they do. And in any drives that you've seen in Patrick Mahomes being even slightly healthy this year, he just tears you apart. Sidearm throws he jumping and passing the ball. He's running out to the flat and getting and getting it out there. You know, running in the wrong direction. He's shovel passing the ball. He's passing the ball sideways. He's passing the ball when he gets tackled. They're getting the ball to to, to Kelsey, who's passing the ball back to to running backs. It's it's a, a a completely unique system that's built for Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and, and the guys on that roster. You go over to the other side. Philly are going to RRP you to death. Run, run past you to death. They've got two of the best receivers in the game who they stick out there and say, if you give us man coverage, we're going to throw deep shots at you. I hope you can I hope you can find two corners who are going to play with Devontae Smith and, and AJ Brown. And if you decide, you know what, we're going to sit some 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 safeties back there all right, well, we're going to run the ball down your throat with the best offensive line in football, and we're going to do it to you all day, every day. It's either going to be Hertz, or it's going to be Sanders, or it's going to be Gamewell, or it's going to be Boston Scott, but we're just going to pound the rock at you because we trust in Jordan Mylata and Lane Johnson and, and, and Jason Kelsey to make sure that we've got the protection there. Landon Dickerson, they've got enough protection to just run it down your throat and they do. These are two teams that are set up defensively to come after you as, as much as they can. They got Hassan Reddick, who was playing outside, he was playing middle linebacker for Arizona and turned him into one of the best edges in the league. 
the, the, the Chiefs have made sure that, that, that Chris Jones gets whatever look he wants on whatever side of the ball he wants so that he can terrorize teams. And he did all game in the AFC Championship game. I mean, these are just two teams that have allowed their players to go out there and play. They've allowed their coaches to draw up really interesting schemes and to be able to coach their players into the way that they want them to. They've allowed their GMs to be aggressive and the ownership have got the right guys running the show and they're trusted in their team and they're not meddling too much and they're not too involved. And I mean... We've seen in the last two years prior to this year, being aggressive wins you a Super Bowl. Tampa went and got Tom Brady, they won the Super Bowl. LA Rams went and got Matt Stafford, they won the Super Bowl. It was there, the blueprint is there. Go be aggressive. And that's exactly what Kansas City did in the offseason. That's exactly what Philadelphia did in the offseason. And it's paying massive dividends for them now. And Probably the two best organizations in the league will be playing off in the Super Bowl. So I am just, I think it's fitting. These are two teams that are going to go at it. I'm really happy that they're both going to get a couple of weeks break because they need it. We want Mahomes at his best. We, we need Mahomes at his best for the best game possible next week. Give him two weeks off. We need Jalen Hurts at his best. Two weeks off is going to help him too. They're both suffering a little bit from injury and you know, it doesn't mean that they're not going to go out there and, and do what they did on the weekend, uh, but a bit more rest just so that we can see these true teams firing because, you know, we're set up for an absolute classic in the Super Bowl. I do want to go into e- each game individually, the two, the two games. So we'll start with the NFC Championship game. I, I, I have sympathy for, for the San Francisco 49ers. I do feel for them having to play a half of an NFC Championship game without anyone who can throw the ball is... It's really demoralizing. I feel I feel bad for Kyle Shanahan. I think they've put in a lot of effort to be... to do the right things all year to get themselves to the position they were. I, I don't think they... They didn't coach a good game or they didn't scheme up the best game. They, they didn't throw the challenge flag on Devontae Smith, which I think was an obvious one and a pivotal point in the game. Fourth down, long ball up the sideline. You see Devontae Smith run to the line, giving signals to the rest of his team that you have to throw a challenge flag there. So, you know, that, that was pivotal and they didn't do it. And then a few plays later, you've got Hassan Reddick lined up against a backup tight end who's blocking and he just goes straight past him and makes a big play on Brock Purdy and injures him. And, you know, you just think, how did it get schemed up that that was your blocking assignment? A backup guy who doesn't play many snaps, Croft or Craft, up against Hassan Redick, who's had, you know, one of the leading sack t- uh, makers in the, in the whole league this year. So... I mean, some weird decisions early. There was some weird things that happened in the game. The ball hit the wire of the Skycam, which was just odd. And they don't even know what what happened there. We had Josh Johnson come in the game afterwards and and get knocked out basically after, after looking pretty terrible, to be perfectly honest. He gets knocked out. And then I guess the game was essentially over as soon as they started having McCaffrey taking 
quarterback snaps and them only being able to run the ball and run sweeps. And so it was a bit of an odd game. It, neither team really was able to show up to the, to the best of their ability. I think San Francisco are just going to sit back and go, I don't know, everything that could have gone wrong on that Sunday did go wrong. Uh, and and they'll, they'll come back again. I think Brock Purdy's going to be out for six months, they said. It's a six-month UCL injury. So, I mean, I think it's Trey Lance is going to be the guy again, and they're going to have to, you know, figure out what's going on with Garoppolo and Purdy at a later date. But, uh, yeah, Purdy out six months. So, Garoppolo, Trey Lance, I don't know, they'll... They've got a lot of decisions to make there in San Francisco. As for the the other game, which I think we can talk a little bit more about because it was a lot more competitive. Again, the the referees' decisions, there were a few weird ones, but it didn't really impact the game. The the late uh, hit on Joseph Asai was there. It, it, it was going to get called every day of the week if... If, if a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes takes two steps out of bounds and you push him into the bench, they're going to call it. So, I mean, that's not what decided the game. The fact that Sky Moore was allowed to run back 27, 28 yards because, because the kicker kicked the ball into the middle of the field. He didn't kick it to the boundary. He didn't kick it a squib kick. It was, it was just into the middle of the field and allowed Sky Moore to go and make a play. Uh, Joe Burrow threw two interceptions. And this is all against Patrick Mahomes on, on one leg. So I think there's. it was an interesting game. I think that Joe Burrow played well. I think the receivers played excellently, Higgins and, and Chase. It's sad, again, for, for the Bengals that they didn't have an offensive line that was functioning. So Chris Jones and Frank Clark were basically able to wreck the game on multiple, multiple occasions and get in there and, and, and really just... <laughs> stuff things up. There was the big sack right at the end by Chris Jones. There was a weird timeout call late in the game by the Bengals that stopped the clock. Just just small things that happened. I, I, I truly do believe that the Kansas City Chiefs are the better team. Uh, I think that the Bengals definitely had a major, massive chance to win that game, but both teams were really evenly matched and you know, I, I would have been happy to see Burrow or Mahomes move through, but Mahomes it is. And, I mean, Mahomes is just the most magical player in the NFL. The ability for him to anticipate throws, the ability for him to anticipate pressure, the ability for him... This is all on, on one leg, mind you. Give him two weeks to rest and see how he goes in the Super Bowl. He, he can get out. He can make plays with his feet. He can shovel pass. He can side arm pass. It's just, it's just incredible watching him do what he does. And he does it every single game. He does it for his team. He's an outstanding leader. He does it through pain. He does it through injury and adversity. He loses his number one receiver. It doesn't matter. He just keeps going. So, I mean, it's just going to be... An, an absolute classic this Super Bowl. I'm super excited for it. And I, I'm, I don't know what more I can say. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chief versus the team that has probably the best all-round roster in the NFL. Andy Reid going back against his old team. 
Glendale, Arizona, here we come. I, I, I did want to just talk a little about the emotion of, of Djokovic and, and his whole, what happened in his story, because I think it's interesting. Here is a guy who is, in, in the Australian sports market, is generally not liked. He's not the most likable guy. He has a little bit of something going on that that has never been able to really be accepted by the Australian community. I think a lot of pe- people always compared him to Rafa and and Roger and you know these guys are the ultimate public speakers. They're the ultimate nice guys. They're the ultimate uh, gentlemen. And then you have Novak, who's got a little bit of something to him. He doesn't always take things very easily on the court. He gets a little agitated. He gets, he works, you know, himself up with the crowd and everything. And, and he's just this different type of player. But, oh my God, he is defensively the best player of, of, of our generation. The ball comes back every single time you hit it. And he makes sure that he doesn't make mistakes. When the game is on the line, he isn't the one that makes the mistake. Every single time we've seen Novak play at an Australian Open, it is not him who's causing unforced errors and and hitting the ball long. It's always his opponent. He just has that ability to lock down, get the ball back, keep applying the pressure and and waiting for his opponent to crack, which (laughs) they do. They always seem to do it. Ten times now we've seen Novak go up against people in Australian Open and they crack because he is just so solid. And, and, and a thing that I liked, which Jim Courier touched on a little bit during the match, is that when it's tight, he's tight. He doesn't let anything up. But if he's up or if he's down, he ratchets it as up the pressure. He really puts it on you. You know, he doesn't want you to be comfortable in any situation. If if you're if he's losing, he starts to come after you. And he, and he can. He's got the ability to, to flick the switch and go, you know what, I, I'm not just going to hit the ball back at you. I'm really going to start to put a bit of power into these shots. And I'm going to start to go for my shots because I'm not going to just sit here and let you take control of this match. Similarly, when he's when he's up, he goes, "Oh, this is a point where I can finish this early. I don't. I'm not going to sit back here and let you get in the game. I'm going to start to take advantage of of the position I'm in." And you know, we saw it. He went on streaks where he won 15, 16, 17 points on serve. I mean, that's that's the type of pressure he puts on you as an opponent. And Sitsipas, who I still think played a really good final. I think he he. He went for his shots. He he got a lot in. He started to move Djokovic around, and we know that Djokovic was injured, and we know that the hamstring was affecting him. He didn't train the whole tournament. He didn't do any training the whole tournament. It was purely therapy and getting the body right next match. Therapy, getting the body right next match. And he was still too good. Uh, and I think at the end, the outpouring of emotion... Having not played the year before, having not been accepted into Australia, having to deal with the no vaccination saga, it, it, it was a lot. He Nadal went and won the, won the uh, the Open that year. That was meant to be his moment, and it wasn't meant and it wasn't to be. He was well, allowed into Australia, then not allowed to play. 
and it all built up and the injury and, and coming back out on court and to take the final and he he broke down and I think I mean I have so much respect for him as a player and I think everyone has to just start to realize that he will eclipse Nadal and he will be the greatest tennis player in terms of championships and grand slams of all time. Uh, I, I I am super excited uh, for the AFL season, so I will have a lot of AFL content coming up soon, so stay in touch for that. Obviously, I'll have a lot about the Super Bowl coming up because, I mean, it's just going to be the best game ever, so I hope you enjoyed the pod today, and yeah, I'll see you guys next time.